Welcome everyone to an all new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel, and joining me is my partner in podcasting crime, Matt. How are you going? Um, it, it's really weird because like an or- orchestra didn't like in like intro us. I know, right? That's what we really need. We need to be making the Sony bucks. You know what? I'll make that a Patreon stretch goal. If we get like, <laughs> I don't know, like a thousand dollars, Matt and I will hire an orchestra to undercut everything we say. <laughs> Makes you feel way fucking classier. Is what it I does. think when you have an orchestra following you around at all time and like an Inuit throat singer. We need like a woman Inuit throat singer to like bang on a drum or something every so often. That was really weird. <laughs> that was weird. I didn't know what they were going with for there, but I thought it was completely awesome. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who can't tell, uh, Matt and I are talking about E3. It's late Monday. As we record this, in fact, even later than I usually record this, we usually record it around 10, it's about 11.30 right now, which is Mm -hmm. fine for Matt, because it's actually closer to a normal time for him, but for me, it's much later. (laughs) We uh, we just finished the Sony conference, and because people were begging us to ask about it, uh, or begging us to talk about it anyway, I figured the first little chunk of this show will devote to some E3 talk, which is good, because there's like next to no comic news to talk about. Yeah, and, and you know, there actually is some comic-related stuff in these video games. There kind of is. I guess we'll start with the big one, and that is the the rumored, the legended uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game turned out to be totally true. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of the costume. No, the costume is ugly, the spider is too big and white, and Spider-Man has blue shit on his shoulders. Yeah, I, I imagine there's going to be skins, and I imagine yeah. I'll be using a normal classic skin. Yeah, my, my idea for that is maybe you pick up Spider-Man armor. Maybe you design the costume yourself throughout the game. That would actually be really cool. Like, a, you start, it's like an origin for Spider-Man, and you can design the costume how you want it to be. As, as you level up, your costume gets better. Yeah. Well, shit, I mean, talk about uh, leveling up an armor. Injustice 2 looks to be doing the same thing with a certain level uh, of customization. I don't care about that. The only thing I care about is that it, there's probably going to be an amazing comic series from it. Yeah, really. Matt's like, dude, the, the game the game can go screw itself. I just want to read the comic that will no doubt yeah, be part Being of it. the only one who actually reads and reviews them. <laughs> week to week is the thing. Like, you actually yeah. keep up with it. So many other people fall behind on it. What, what, what do you think the story for Injustice 2 has got to be. I have no idea because I don't think that Superman is the one from The Injustice because that one had like a scar on his face by the end of it or something. Yeah, and also... Some weird, the, weird scar and yeah. And also the costume was like much nicer and bluer and redder. Yeah, yeah it wasn't like that really weird massive S thing that he had going on. Yeah, like It was that, really weird. That uh, whole like full body S thing, yeah. Yeah. It, it looked very different. It all looked different. Even Aquaman looked different. Like, that wasn't the same Aquaman we were dealing with either. No, that was Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> and yet still not as bad as when they turned him into Conan in the comic. <laughs> like, I could actually tell who that guy was supposed to be. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but both looked really cool. Uh, I, uh, obviously, Spider-Man has a great pedigree, what with Insomniac, who did... Uh, was it who, who you know from uh, from uh, Ratchet and Clank and all that other stuff? Yep, yeah, they, they were the ones who did um, Infamous. 
No, it wasn't Infamous. What was the one? It was very early in the PlayStation 3's life cycle. God, I feel like such an idiot. They made three of them. I played all of them. You know, you fought, yeah. you fought aliens in World War II. You fought the Chimera. I have a figure up on my Oh, wall. um, the uh, Resistance. Thank you. Resistance and Resistance Fall of Man. Yeah, they made them too. Yeah. Really interested to see what they could bring to Spider-Man. I mean, it looked really fast. It looked really furious. It looked to Spider-Man what Arkham was to Batman. Yeah, that looks good. And speaking of Arkham, there's some VR thing. Yeah, yeah, where you can, like, put the mask of Batman on and see through his eyes. Yeah. Eh. Did, does, they does, need to do, they need, Rocksteady need to do something else other than Batman. Like, they need to branch out into other heroes it, from other families, not the Bat family. It's, it's just a VR thing, though. I'm sure Rocksteady oh, yeah, is working it's, on oh, something Oh, yeah, totally. Different. That being said, I mean, credit where credit is due for the Sony thing. I could not have given less of a shit about VR until this press conference, and I'm like, okay, finally, you're making stuff for VR I want to yeah. play. Like Resident Evil 7. Oh my god, what what a swerve that is, where, you know, you're a guy in a creepy, rundown house, and there's a dirty kitchen. You know what I thought? I thought you were on the money mat from last week. I'm like, oh shit, is this a new Condemned? Have they rebooted Condemned? Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, what is this? This isn't look like resident evil like where are the weird zombies and the massive wesker looking guy and and punching it's really weird yeah yeah this one actually had restraint and actually looks like it's going back to its roots and actually trying to be a horror game it looks scary there was a guy in the crowd on the live stream who like like shouted <laughs> i thought it was really funny well i mean you can't poison the well anymore after the last resident evil game so uh. i guess you had nowhere else to go but reboot but it's not a reboot because it's still resident evil 7 yeah maybe it's like one of those ones that it's still in that universe but it's a reboot like a soft reboot mm, with so new, hot, totally new characters right and... it's it's the same virus stuff you know and love but while leon kennedy and redfield and everyone else is doing crazy kung fu shit you're just a regular schmo caught in the zombie thing yeah i'd, I'd actually really like that like um you just play like a regular guy who lived in like raccoon city or something during the outbreak and like what would you do yeah you're just a regular nine to five schlub and in the background you can see shit where it's like oh did you see what fucking leon did on the news or everything but you're like yeah, yeah. that does nothing for me yeah you're like i don't care about that <laughs> yeah sorry i i can't punch a boulder like chris redfield <laughs> <laughs> man that boulder punching from five remember five i played way more five than i care to admit so did i i played five and tried to like convince myself that it was good i'm like no it's as good as four it's got stuff going on it's like no four is much better (laughs) four is only better in every conceivable way but yeah i mean geez good time for superhero stuff from that and uh from you know insomniac spider-man injustice resident evil uh prey lives again yeah that was one thing i didn't actually get to watch the bethesda one live i watched it later on after i got home but yeah, yeah prey kind of surprised me mm-hmm. prey totally lives again it's not the super badass space bounty hunter game we wanted no. it honestly looks like something more in line with like uh like a system shock it looks to be like an outer space horror thing yeah, I don't know really what they're going for on that one. Honestly, if I had to guess, it makes me think that they were already developing something like that, and like, yeah, let's throw the prey name on it. Yeah. That's a name people know. That's a name people have been clamoring for. And it's not Prey 2, it's just Prey. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Which makes me wonder, are you the Prey, or is there something else in the game that's the Prey? 
Mm, I don't know. Uh, keep keeping up with the Bethesda thing. Uh, Dishonored too. Yeah, um, I don't know what to feel about that. I liked the first one, but I don't know. You know what? I'm much in the same boat as you, Matt. It's it's the weirdest thing about the first Dishonored where. I, I loved and was won over by the world of Dishonored. I yeah. loved Dunwall as a city. I loved the art direction. I loved the lore and the history. But I didn't love the characters, though. No, they were kind of flat and they not were, very fleshed out. They were mostly all forgettable. Corvo was a mask, is what I would say. It's like, you no, know, he is just the mask is all he is. Mm-hmm. And yet, hilariously, that game, I don't know if you remember this, Matt, but that game had, like, triple-A voice talent. It did, yeah. Susan Sarandon was one of the fucking witches, and Michael Madsen was, like, the DLC villain who you got to play later on. Yep. And I'm like, wait, you mean you had Michael Madsen and he just didn't voice the main guy? Imagine how better that game would be if Corvo was just Michael Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> Just matching it up. I'm pretty sure there was another villain there who was a big name. They got a bunch of big names for that. They did, yeah. I, I, I'm blanking on that because it was so long ago. And, and it seemed like it took a long break, didn't it? Like, you figured if they were going to do a sequel, they would have done one right away. Yeah, I, I don't know whether they thought, like, oh, maybe we'll go on, maybe we won't. And it just, like, sort of sat there for a while. And then in the last, like, year and a half, they're like, yeah, let's do one. I do like the idea of an action stealth game where you can stealth and you can fight and you're not penalized for anything and you can go on a completely no-kill run. Yeah, 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 I really... That's actually how I played the first run-through of the game. I tried my hardest... And I didn't get my first kill until, like, three, four hours into the game. That wasn't, like, a main bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A lot of cool ideas going on there in Dishonored. Uh... What else was there that looked interesting to you? Um, Mass Effect Andromeda looks oh, pretty Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. We only got a little of it. We only got a little tasty taste, but I liked what I saw. Yeah, and it, what I really enjoy about it is that it's set away from the other three games, so yeah. you're not hampered by the shittiness that was Mass Effect 3. It's, it's, so, a, yeah. it, it's a fresh start, with the, with the which is, you know, what the series needed, so you won't have to be comparing it. They look to be bringing back the idea of exploration. Yeah. Yeah, we got the Mako, mm-hmm. which I'm glad is back. On a sand planet, on all sorts of different planets. Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, how do you feel that they completely blue balls the shit out of you for two years in a row about Star Wars, where it's like, oh yeah, and we've got tons of new Star Wars projects coming down the pipeline. We're not going to show you any of them, but we're working on them. <laughs> they they actually showed, like a like it was like a two-second clip of like... I think the one that Visceral is working on. Mm-hmm. And it was like some guy walking out of like a building, I think on Tatooine, and there's like Star Destroyers coming down from the, from the space and everything. It just looked amazing. And then I just saw concept art of it, and I'm like, what are they making? I have no idea. <laughs> I, really, I really imagined you just there just holding your balls, just being like, ah, Visceral, why do you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, the, the thing I found really funny, though, is that they're going on about um, Battlefront, which I, I I refuse to buy because of all the DLC and no campaign and it's everything. It's a little shitty. It's a little shitty. Um, but they're, they're like going, yeah, we've got all this really cool DLC coming out, but that won't matter because we're doing Battlefront 2 and it's coming out <laughs> next year. And uh, Then why like, should yeah. I care? Yeah, fuck you people who bought the season pass. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. And it's kind of the marching order of the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. Probably my game of the show by far, and it's hard to pick this, but it was definitely the one that uh, impressed 
earliest on, and it's probably one of the games we learned the most about, but Mafia 3. Yeah, oh, I I was excited for that before, like, like that, that first teaser trailer we got at mm. the start of the year. Like, I was excited then, but this all this new stuff. They, they tell you a lot of how the game plays. It's an open-world crime game, much in the vein of Grand Theft Auto, but with a twist, and that is, you know, you you destroy and you distru- disrupt criminal operations in the, uh, in the main world, just in the open map as you're running around. And the more damage you cause, the more story missions you end up unlocking. Yep. And you have three lieutenants to which you dole out territory to, but you can fuck yourself over because if you favor one lieutenant over another, they're going to get pissed at you and you're going to have to go kill that lieutenant. Yeah, and then you have infighting mm. and everything, and oh, it just, sounds amazing. Just like a great crime movie. Oh, I can't wait. And, and I thought, too, it was going to be those things where it's like, oh, so you're only going to be fighting the mob? No, actually, the mob is the main thing, the Italian mafia, but you have, like, under gangs that you have to fight. You have to fight, like, the Dixie Mafia, who's in yep. the bayou making moonshine and shit. You get to fight the clan, or as they call them in the game, the Southern Union, but I'm like, nah, man, they're the clan. Come on, just let it go. <laughs> I talked to Sean about that, and I'm like, Sean, are you excited that here's a video game where you can finally kill clansmen? He's like, yes. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) It's like they made a game for me. (laughs) Also, man, what an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. In in the trailer, in like the 20 minutes they showed, Janis Joplin, not one but two Creedence Clearwater revival songs. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm just I can't wait. I'll actually these games I never really listen to the radio like GTA and uh, the other mafia ones. I never really listen to the. I always turn it off. Mm. But this one I'm probably gonna be flicking through the channels. It's funny the, the systems they have there where it's like you know this is how you take down crime in the city. I'm like oh my god how did this not become a Punisher game? Oh don't don't start man a so- Punisher game like this. Oh. I, I, like, I thought the same thing when I played Shadows of Mordor, where it's like, yeah, you take down lieutenants and you try and make your way up to the big boss. And I'm like, why is this system not used in a Punisher game? Hey, Hangar 13, hey, Hayden Blackman, I know you're a fan of comic books. Make this happen, please. <laughs> <laughs> Would someone please give them the rights? Hell, it's going to be out on PC. All you modders, do a Frank Castle mod for Mafia 3. Oh, that'd be great. Use, use clips of John Bernthal's voice from the Daredevil show and put it in there. <laughs> this shit writes itself. Uh, there was some more Fallout stuff there. I, uh, I'm actually quite enjoying Far Harbor right now, the Fallout DLC. And and they uh, had like some small ones where it's like, oh, you can have Rule Goldberg machines and you can have an elevator and you can build your own vault. And I'm like, eh, I don't really care. But ooh, the next story DLC is going to be Nuka Land. You can go to a post-apocalyptic amusement park. <laughs> cool. I'm actually excited for that one. I'm like, oh, that's good. After all the serious ones back-to-back, you're going to have, like, more of a silly one. Yeah. Mm. That's uh, pretty cool. What else was there? There was so much. Uh, oh, friggin' uh, Hideo Kojima came down from oh. on high like a golden god. Hero. <laughs> to, to the Mad Max Fury Road soundtrack. God damn. I, I am back. Like, literally the only way he could have made that better is if he said, I am back, bitches. <laughs> you, you can't kill me. No one can kill me. <laughs> yeah, I just make own company. Mm-hmm. And then he played a crazy trailer for his new game. What's that? The Death Stranding? Yeah, it, with Norman Reedus holding 
a fetus in the, the middle the, of a bay full the, the of dead animals. Fetus. Yeah, the reader's fetus. <laughs> the reader's fetus. Like I was trying I was trying to read that. I'm like, okay, what's the symbolism on this one? So Norman Reedus was supposed to be in PT in Silent Hills, so he represents yeah. Hideo Kojima and the baby represents the game that died and the black goo is Konami. <laughs> yeah, and the baby is also his new company. Yeah, right. and... <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is. It's kind of amazing that him and Reedists are still working together. He's like, no, 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 Silent Hills fell apart, but we will work on a project together, Norman, I promise. Yeah, I was, I was just really hoping that they may... Well, we don't know yet, but maybe like... Uh, uh, Gilmero del Toro is involved. He was involved in was. Silent Hill as well, and but he said he wasn't going to work on a video game anymore. But my guess is that was his dealings with Konami. Also, too, let us not forget that Del Toro lies all the time as well. That's true. That's yep, true. Yep, we're going to be making a Dark Universe movie. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to be making Hellboy three. Yep, yep. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> It's like well, he didn't lie about Pacific Rim too. That's happening. No, he t- see that's the thing. He has to pepper in the truth with his lie, so we never know. <laughs> so we believe everything. So it takes us by surprise, and we appreciate it more when we get stuff like Pacific Rim too. <laughs> mm. Freaking Kratos is back now, and he's a Viking. That looked awesome. That that God of War. I didn't know what that game was, and then Kratos with a beard stepped out of the shadows. We we waited just long enough for a new God of War, and they've changed it up just enough to make it something yeah, I'm, really cool and interesting. I never played the last one, number three. I uh, never played it. Three or Ascension, because there was three, then there was Ascension. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. I don't and think then it, didn't they HD remake them or yes, something? Yes, they did. I probably should pick them up. You can, you can get them for a steal. Yeah. Hell, I know in the bargain bin right now, they have the PS2 versions on PS3 of the PS Vita games they did, because they did two of those. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they kind of milked Kratos in Ancient Greece for all it's worth, so, you know, they were due for a change in Pantheon. Yeah, and it looks awesome as well. It does, and now, did you pick up what I picked up on when he was killing the big frost giant there? His attack was, like, Spartan Axe? Mm-hmm. Why is it Spartan when he's in ancient Greece? So this would lead me to believe that this Kratos is not a reincarnation of the Kratos from ancient Greece. It's just Kratos. Like, he's just survived all this time from ancient Greece to ancient Norse. Yeah, I, I'd believe that. Like, I mean, if death came for him, he'd probably choke him out or something. <laughs> I, think Kratos, nah. I think Kratos has <laughs> choked you, out death several times, actually. <laughs> It seems like once again in the God of War series, he would die, go to hell, and then climb his way out of hell and, like, kick the devil in the balls on his way out. <laughs> Death just doesn't, like, want to come near him. It's like, oh, I'm not going near him. Death sees Kratos and runs the other fucking way. <laughs> oh, God, it's this guy again. Quick dodge. Man, I can't wait to see Kratos fight Odin, because Odin is every bit the shit, if not more of a shit, than Zeus. Yeah, oh, that's going to be so fucking cool. And I, you have a son now, so I wonder if how that's going to work into it. I, I'm assuming it's like an adopted son thing. I'm guessing he did not sire him. Well, I don't, I don't know, because at the start of that trailer, he says his mother is dead, and I'm guessing she was in that next room, and she died. That's or, why he gave the son, like, your mum's dagger is now yours. Or, or Kratos killed her, because he has a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> Man, what a shitty father Kratos is in this. He is like the worst kind of weekend dad, where he's like, well, I have you for the weekend, so we're gonna hunt deer, I guess. No, don't do that, you idiot. 
Yeah, fuck you. You cost me my dinner. Yeah, really. Kratos is not getting a Father of the Year mug anytime soon. <laughs> Man, Kratos, he went from angry kid, angry at his dad, Zeus, to now being a shitty weekend father with a big beard. Yeah. Also, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the new COD, Inf- Infinite Warfare or whatever it's called, mm. um... Actually, look pretty cool. It's you know what at this point, it's such a different game with spaceships and lasers and everything. It's like you might as well have called it something different at this point. Yeah, but the thing is that they're it, they're riding that fine line between it could be amazing and it could just it's be true. absolutely dog shit. But personally, like I've played the last couple of high tech future Call of Duties, and I was mostly bored by them. This as different as it is, I, I already played a Call of Duty. I play every other Call of Duty. I'm I'm hitching my uh, flag to Battlefield now. I I have crossed over to the Battlefield One side. Yeah. Have you seen the stuff for Battlefield One? Looks cool. Yeah. It's, it's World War One. It's a war we don't usually get to see. Horses and Zeppelins. it does look it does look cool. I'm never not really into those sorts of games. No, no, it's it's an acquired taste. And I mean, I've yeah. never really played a Battlefield before, and I know they're known for like 40, 80 man maps, all everyone shooting together and jets and vehicles. Yeah, I, I, I like my games with a bit more story. It's true. It's true. I mean, heck, supposedly for this one, you're going to be a Harlem Hellfighter in World War One. That's got to have something interesting attached to it. It does. That is like an interesting way to go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sp- speaking of sequels that ride the line of could be great, could be terrible, uh, Watch Dogs 2. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I went in super cynical. I'm like, no, no, Watch Dogs. I gave you a chance with the first one, and you disappointed me. I never even finished the first one. I got to, like, the final mission. Where, Same. Where, like, your crippled buddy is blowing up the city, and it just got so annoying. I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm trading this in. And I <laughs> and I never do that. I always see shit through the end. But I was so done, and I so didn't give a crap about Aiden Pierce and his stupid hat and everything. This yeah. this new protagonist in like the five minutes we get to spend with him in the demo is already a million times more likable than Aiden. Yeah, because yeah. he actually does have a personality and a good taste in music too. <laughs> don't sweat the technique. Don't sweat the technique. I'm like, mm, I'm getting into this. He's right. That is a fresh too. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, more more hacky hacktivist stuff, and we're talking about this and talking about that, but not really because you know we we want to be a game that'll appeal to everybody. So we're not actually going to take a hard stance on any issues. At least I don't. Yeah. Think. Yeah. The the thing I've learned is that never trust. E3, like Ubisoft's E3 oh, presentation. No, 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 no. Because they're ne- like, like that, um, that new Ghost Recon, I want to be excited for it, but I know it's never going to look like that in the final product. It's true. It'll be down. Again, look to the original Watch Dogs, how hard it got downgraded from the first time yeah. we saw it to E3. Division last. as well. Division also, yep. I, I believe the term for that is Frenchman lies, is what you would call that. <laughs> Another reason I'm kind of scared about Watch Dogs, where it's like, look, if I get this second one, and if it's the way that Ubisoft does most sequels, usually they do better sequels than they do main games. Just look at Assassin's Creed 2 versus Assassin's Creed. If I get into this and really like it, are you going to shove a new one down my throat every year the same way you do Assassin's Creed? Yeah, that's the problem. Because I don't. Or want... you'll get you get like those ones that like that are like Brotherhood. They'll sort of make it like Brotherhood, where like you'll have assassins or in this case hackers <laughs> hackers will roll up in a van yeah, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really don't want it to go that way <laughs> you, you get your hackers to mine for bitcoins <laughs> everything in that game is bought with bitcoin 
send Hacker to play World of Warcraft for 65 hours. <laughs> yeah, really. He's just <laughs> setting up gold farms all over the place. How do you think we fund this operation? <laughs> gold farms, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's really weird. And at the same time, too, it's like, oh, but, you know, this is lighter and funnier and, like, sillier looking and more laid back than the original Watch Dogs was. I kind of want to buy it just to support that kind of ideology and to prove that, yes, you should do this kind of thing, and you don't always have to go to Gruffy McGruff Man every time. Yeah, and it's in San Francisco. Yeah, how many games can you name that are in San Francisco? Watch Dogs 2. Yeah, exactly, just one. Yeah, There's a thing for the chat, everyone. How many games can you name that are in San Francisco? I know that canceled Dirty Harry game was going to be in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's one, <laughs> and that's a game that didn't even make it out. Um, ooh, we had David Cage's new game, a Detroit RoboCop human thing. That looks pretty cool. It does, but it's David Cage, so I know this is also filled with lies. Yeah. Now, originally, when I saw it before the name came up, and I saw all like the the bungee compress, I'm like, is this like an L.A. Noir sequel? Yeah, I know, right? Wouldn't that be some shit in the future? Yeah, but I- but the L.A. Noir. The people who made that went bankrupt. Oh, Team Bondi. How sad was that? Yeah. And I'm sure people are like, oh boy, here goes Joel on another uh, David Cage tirade. Look, the thing about David Cage is that he could be great, and the fact that he's constantly falling short is infuriating, honestly. It is. And it's this weird idea where he's like, again, another French man who, uh, who should probably just be making movies now, and every one of his games is a movie. You don't play a David Cage game, you watch a David Cage game. Yeah, and occasionally press a button. And every so often he will ask for your input, but it becomes more and more apparent as the game goes on. He doesn't give a shit about your input because he's just going to tell whatever story he was going to tell anyway. <laughs> And you know, it, it was true in Heavy Rain, it was true in Indigo Prophecy, it was really true in Beyond Two Souls. Oh, uh, don't get me started about those games. And he's he, and he's, a, he's another guy, too, where he's like, oh, and, and never play my games more than once, because if you, if you play it more than once, uh, then you will see all the strings and the wires and, and the fact that this whole thing isn't held together very good. And, I mean, I'm sure people, and I know I've gotten into this argument before, that they'll make the same argument about the Telltale games, too, even saying that. Yep. That they're kept up the same way. And I'm like, yeah, but the Telltale games have characters that I actually genuinely care about and want to come back and see again. And case in point, we got to see a little bit, a very little bit, but uh, Walking Dead Season 3, The Continued Adventures of Clementine. Yeah, that, I, I still have to finish Season 2. Really? I kind of fell behind. Yet. Oh, wow. Nah. Yeah, I, I kind of fell behind. I, I like to. I will still stand behind to tell you what. Beat two, and then we can have a conversation at the end that I've never had a chance to. But about who you go with at the end of that, I've seen some people get into some very heated arguments at the end of that. And I, Kenny, uh, Ken, Kenny man, Kenny, Kenny, <laughs> I'm totally on team Kenny actually. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I have had such a harsh conversation about this. In fact, uh, m- my dad played the games because you know they're nice and easy for him to pick up and everything. And we got into a Kenny v. Jane argument <laughs> at the end of it <laughs> that actually got very heated and very serious. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck you, Dad! Kenny has a mullet." <laughs> yeah, really, and a hat, and he loves boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually had a very serious conversation at the end of that, and he actually made a ton of really good points. And I'm just like, well, you see, we come at this from different ways. You actually play it as a father, but I play it, like, from the mind of Clementine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's older in this new trailer, and she looks to be missing a finger, too. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so a lot of shit's happened. As it would have to because season two had so many different endings and so many different choices. They would have to time jump you ahead just to make sure everyone started out on the same playing field. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wonder, too, will this Walking Dead 3 be on the new Batman Telltale engine, which they keep swearing up and down is a better engine? Well, they said that that all their games from Batman onward will be, and I imagine this will be coming out around the same time, so probably? Yeah, here's hoping, because I know that is one thing where it's like, okay, Telltale, we love your story, we love your characterizations. Man, is your engine kind of shit, though. Yeah, please, please update your engines. It's it's not even like it's very graphically taxing or anything, and it still chugs at every moment. Yeah. Like, sometimes you're like, is it gonna make it? Is it gonna make it? <laughs> and, I mean, the only reason we put up with it for as long as we did is because your characterization and your writing is so solid. Yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of that Batman one, we didn't actually get to see a trailer for it or anything, but we did see some screenshots for it. Yeah, we saw some Bruce Wayne, some Batman and Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Looks looks very Batman. Looks like my jam. Yeah. Looks good. Uh, we got the voice cast, too, which, I mean, it's like a murderer's row who's who of video game voice actors. Yeah, it's, of course, you know, Troy Baker. Troy Baker is Batman because, of course, he is. Yeah, so now he's played Batman and Joker. And Two-Face. Yeah. Man, that that dude's lucky. That dude gets a bunch of gets a bunch of roles. It's like you almost want to hate Nolan North and uh, Troy Baker for all the work they get, but then you listen to him. It's like, damn, fuck it, you are that good. <laughs> you are literally amazing, amazing performers. Actually, speaking of Nolan North, I was listening to a voice acting podcast he was on with uh, the guy who played Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Did you know Nolan North actually has a really great Mickey Mouse voice? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he does a great. Oh, it's me, Mickey Mouse. And I'm just like, man, so you're you're gunning for that job too, huh? Whenever the guy who plays Mickey right now dies, you want that? <laughs> oh, that's where the big bucks come. <laughs> oh, you get a good Disney gig and they make sure you do it and everything. <laughs> Stacking the Benjamins, mile high, thanks to Uncle Walt. Uh, a lot of zombie stuff, as is always the case here. I mean, obviously we mentioned Resident Evil. Uh, there was a new, a new Dead Rising, Dead Rising 4, which, I, that, that's a series I always forget about. I'm like, oh yeah, Dead Rising. Yeah, I don't care about Dead Rising 4. That, I, I, I care about that, that show Days Gone, that, mo- that, uh, game Days Gone. I, I swear to God, I swear to God, when they had that Days Gone trailer, I thought it was a sequel to The Last of Us. Yeah. I kept thinking it was a sequel. I'd be like, nah, they're not going to do a sequel to The Last of Us. Well, m- maybe not like a straight-up sequel with Ellie and Joel, but it's like, you know, it's in the same world with the mushroom zombies and everything, and this is just another story about another guy in the same world. I I, I liked it. The only thing that was really distracting was that it was obviously Sam Witwer doing the mocap and voice of ah, this biker, and yeah. I don't see him as a biker. No, no, Sam Witwer's not one of those guys. He's a cool guy, though. Yeah, like, oh, his voice acting is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a good guy. It's it's funny too. Not only was that guy a biker, but if you know your biker lore as I do, that guy was a one percent biker because he had it on his thing. That means that he's a criminal biker, not like a just a dude who rides motorcycles for fun. It it maybe it's the Sons of Anarchy sequel. Dude, I thought that too for a second. I'm like Jesus Christ, they poured a lot of money into this Sons of Anarchy game. <laughs> Before the zombies showed up, I'm like, Jesus, is, is this is this the prequel to it? Is this what uh is this what Jax's dad was up to? <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, that one looked like a ton of fun. Again, you're facing massive hordes of zombies, but with the twist being that because you're fighting so many, you can actually get them to pile up into each other. Yeah, that actually looked really cool. And like when they're like crossing bridges, so many of them will actually cause it to like break and yeah. everything. And yeah, it looked really cool. I can imagine them using that in a lot of interesting ways. Imagine having to do puzzles with hordes of zombies trying to get them to one end to another to break a bridge or to, you know, raise something up or to create a bunch of zombie bodies so you can climb on top of them to get where you got to go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's a lot of places you could go with that. Yeah. Also, what a weird and interesting name. I wonder what they're going to do with that Days Gone. Not Days Gone By, just Days Gone. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what that means. I kept trying to make out the name of the gang on his jacket, too, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's probably just some fictional gang. I mean, I know it wouldn't be a real gang, but I'm a big fan of fictional gangs. Like, case in point, Ghost Recon Wild, the uh, the cartel they're fighting in that is called the, uh, what is it, the, the Santo Blanche? which is like the White Saint, and I'm like, really, the White Saint cartel? Seriously? <laughs> That's the name for your... Really? That's ironic. <laughs> that, that one also looks fun, but again, like you said, probably going to carry the Ubisoft curse, and that is, mm, looks this good now, but it's not going to look this good later. No, I don't know why they do that, eh? Like, people are, like, wary of it now. They're so. smart to it now, yeah. They weren't a couple years ago, but they're smart to that, and you know what else they're smart to? Hiring fucking actors to do your co-op shit. <laughs> they're not as... Oh, like, like, in, like in the EA, the battle, Battlefield one, did you see? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zac Efron and Jamie Foxx, they oh, look yeah. so happy to be there. Oh, yeah, Zac Efron looking so pleased is, is good. Yeah. It's good. Can, can I have my bag of money now? Yeah, really. Apparently they didn't give him a very big bag of money because he wasn't <laughs> that excited. <laughs> no, like, I'm talking, like, remember when they did, uh, what is it, Rainbow Six Siege a couple years ago, and they had the co-op voice chat filled with very recognizable voice actors where it's like, oh, that's Tom Kenny, that's the voice of SpongeBob, and oh, that's Ashley Birch. From Borderlands, yep. like, I know you can't. You can't put these people past video game fans. We know who these voice actors are. <laughs> you can't sit here and pretend that these are like real players when we know they're not. Yeah, and also too, man, does Ubisoft ever overestimate the amount of cooperation people are going to have in their games? Oh yeah, like people using real military uh, jargon. Yeah, we got two tangos over there, Mike. Can you take them out? Yeah, I'd just be like, I'd just go kill those two guys. Yeah, really. Like, this is the sum part of pretty much all my online interaction. <laughs> People just farting into their mics, racist 12-year-olds, uh, guys away from their keyboards because they had to go heat up a Hot Pocket. Yeah, or the people that play music through oh, their yeah. speakers. Those people suck. Uh, crying yep. babies. Or perhaps my personal favorite, the Jagoff who runs ahead, aggro's all the enemies, and then leaves you shot and dead by all of them while he runs ahead <laughs> to get loot because that's all he cares about. You've all played with that guy, and if you haven't played with that guy, then you are that guy. I, I'm both. <laughs> I know you are. I've played games with you, Matt. I know you are. <laughs> God damn it. Ghost Recon Wildlands raising Joel's blood pressure one minute at a time. That is kind of cool, though, Ghost Recon Wildlands. I like that it's like a military shooter, it's third person, but you're not in your traditional war place. You're in Bolivia, and you're a very mm -hmm. small armed force. I like that. I think that's interesting. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool, but then again, Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft. Frenchman lies, and you know, I can say it because they are French Canadian, so I can make fun of them. <laughs> uh, man, for another year, too, I like uh, Aisha Tyler was their, uh, was their host and everything, and I like this year she just leans right into it, where she's like, you know, people ask me every year, why do I continue to do this despite all the love and support I get from people online? <laughs> uh... She's fan. If anything, the the thing I most look forward to at E three is the cringe compilations made out of her, like speeches. At at this point, I know she's just doing it on purpose. At this point, where she's like, you know what, we're just gonna lean right into this. And I was like, what was it like? Was it last year one where she found that guy who was dressed like, um the main character from the new Assassin's Creed yes, and yes, was trying was... to make him a meme and everything. Yes, and... yes, that was a couple years ago. I do remember that. Oh, that's great. Cringe-tastic. It's, it's good. It's real good. And, you know, she's also Lana, and I love that. And I also love the fact that she's this eight-foot-tall Amazon woman and all the guys <laughs> who work at Ubisoft are meek little French guys who she just towers over. That's, that's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You, you know what, Aisha? Talk, keep keep doing your thing, Aisha. To keep hosting this thing forever, <laughs> never ever stop. Uh, what what else was there? Was that everything, or at least that was that everything um, that stuck out to us? I'm just gonna pull up a list, and I I, I swear there was something I'm I'm forgetting. You know, what, let's I, let's I talk about remember. some shit that was missing. Uh, no Kingdom Hearts, No Kingdom Hearts three. I was really hyped no. for that, and none of that. Uh, plenty of Final Fantasy though. Plenty of Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, that VR stuff for that looks crap. Right, yeah, it's like, oh, hey, you know, swords and spears and magic, you can be the guy with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know they made that to try and appeal to Americans, huh? Oh, yeah. What, what will appeal to Americans most? Guns? <laughs> also, also on a really uncomfortable note, you know, I bet it was probably super awkward for all these guys to be like, yeah, super awesome, amazing military shooter, look at all the bullet physics, right after the worst mass shooting in American history. Yeah, well, is it, Sony were really classy about it. They they, they they confronted it and they realized that, he even said, Jack even said, like, it's going to be awkward, but we're going to get through it. That was that was good. That's what you were, that's what you should do. That's what you're supposed to do. I know the guys on the first day were kind of blindsided by it. I knew later in the day, Bethesda, when they got to go, uh, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb, who reunited once again to do this, I was really happy. They had ribbons. They had, like, little support Orlando ribbons on them. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I know it probably sucks being in a con thing, like in a con setting. You can't really leave or go anywhere. Then a huge tragedy like this happens, and you want to look sensitive to it and you don't want to look like you're being a dick and everything, I thought that was a nice touch. I thought the game industry came out and handled that one pretty solidly, and especially Sony, like you said, by actually coming out and devoting a little speech time to it. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I just did find one game I'm really looking forward to, and that's For Honor. Oh, yeah, 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 yet another Ubisoft one that I'm not sure if we can trust or not, but it looks cool. Yeah, I mean, Vikings fighting samurai? How fighting awesome is knights? that? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, it sounds awesome. We got to see the Viking campaign and the Vikings one, to which all I could think was like, hey, 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 now, deadliest warrior told me when samurais and Vikings <laughs> fight, the samurais win. 
Yeah, because their swords are, are folded steel and yeah. they'll just cut straight through them. No, not in this version, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> not in this show, damn it, the Vikings win. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, speaking of which, because that one kind of reminded me a lot of Dynasty Warriors and 99 Knights and everything. Did you know they made it official the next big Muso Dynasty Warriors game is going to be Berserk-themed? Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, they did One Piece, they did Fist of the North Star. The next one is going to be friggin' Berserk. See, I haven't played a Dynasty Warrior sort of game in like since PS2. Yeah, I'll, I'll play one maybe every couple of years. And actually, I played the last one, like Extreme, Legends, 8, whatever. It's kind of enjoyable, actually. I think if they can take what they've learned from that and transition it over to something cool like Berserk, and they've even gone out of their way and said, you know, we're not toning Berserk down. This is going to be as Ooh. violent and horrifying as the manga and as the comic. Cool. I, as long as I can play his guts. I know, right? Dude, with his big-ass Dragon Slayer sword just wrecking folk. Hell yeah. Yeah, that that'll be pretty cool. Want to do all of that. Well, actually, it's funny. and You haven't seen the trailer yet, but go hunt down the trailer. You, you know what it is? What? It's it's literally Casca getting horribly assaulted by Monster Griffith during the eclipse. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just putting it right out there on Front Street where it's like, yep, this is what we're doing, everybody. Not for children. Not safe for work. <laughs> it's the most not safe for work Dynasty Warriors trailer I've ever seen. Oh, that's great. Do you see there's a new um, uh, anime of Berserk coming out? Yeah, supposedly, and it's going to cover material that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, but the problem is it's that really crappy th CG 3D... Oh, anime like from the OVAs that they did yeah kind of see it's, I, it's really weird I didn't like the OVAs at first but I came to like them later yeah it, they were all right they got better as they went on it wasn't as jarring by the time you got to three yeah which actually I kind of want to go back and rewatch those now now that I know you them. know so so do I I think they're on Netflix for me Ooh, wicked nice yeah, yeah, I think I, at least like the first two are or something. I gotta, I gotta watch that, and then I gotta watch the new Voltron show. I had that queued up for like two days, and was like, "Oop, gotta watch a new E3 conference. Oop, gotta record a new video." <laughs> I didn't actually know that came out yet. Yeah, came out new Voltron show from the from at least two of the showrunners of Legend of Korra. Oh, nice. Yet a yet another show filled with some amazing voice actors. In fact, uh, Neil Kaplan. A guy who was involved in Ninja Turtles whenever back when I was interviewing voice actors, he uh, he followed me on Twitter like years ago. Now he's the villain in that show now. Cool. And I know because he's constantly retweeting about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, I I guess that's all the gaming talk. Pretty much, yeah. We still got. I, I think there's like one more day left. Yeah, and, but I mean, usually yeah. it's like it's Nintendo. Oh, so no. like there'll be like four journalists in the in the crowd. No, uh, n n no offense to uh, to anyone who owns a Nintendo console. I haven't owned a Nintendo anything in years. Yeah, well, I I read an article not too long ago that said the P the PlayStation Store in 2015 made more than Nintendo did in the last two years or something. That makes sense. I I don't imagine Nintendo is going to be shaking it up in any big ways come tomorrow. Well, I think they've they've got like a new console coming out, but like Supposedly. that's it. Oh, I mean, I guess that was another thing that Microsoft did, where it's like, hey, here's the brand new white slim uh, Xbox with teraflops of data and everything. It's better than our other one. 
yeah, no, what, what I found really funny is that they're like, and here is the slim version of the Xbox One, but that doesn't matter because there's this new console coming out. Yeah, wow, way to undercut yourself, guys. Yeah, so, and it, it'll probably be one of those situations where they'll just completely stop production on stuff for the Xbox One. Like, it'll be all the, like, the big games will come out on all your Halos and everything, but, like, literally nothing else. They kind of stepped in potholes a couple times. It was also a little disconcerting where they're like, you can play it on Xbox One and also Windows 10. And on Windows 10, but then also Xbox. Yeah, upgrade to Windows 10 or we'll force your computer to and brick it. So what you're basically saying, guys, is I don't actually need to own an Xbox to play any of your games. Man, this is a great Windows 10 conference you're having here, guys. <laughs> and then to make it even worse, at the end, they're like, yeah, and we're coming out with new Project Scorpio. It's even better. It's like, well, do I even need to have to buy the slim Xbox now if I just got to wait for this one? Exactly. Also, can we say, what a dumb name is Project Scorpio? That sounds like a fucking Bond villain plan. That sounds well, like some guy is working on. Well, I said they, like, must have hired, you know, Hank Scorpio <laughs> from The Simpsons. It, it comes with a free hammock from the hammock hut. <laughs> In the hammock district. Seriously, Project Scorpio sounds like a giant laser beam that's going to destroy <laughs> Europe if they don't pay a million dollars in gold bullion. <laughs> is literally what it sounds it sounds like something that someone gets strapped down to a table of and it's like tell me everything you know about project scorpio now now i hope that it has like that cortana thing and someone mods it so it sounds like an east german supervillain. oh please do please please do it's just like did you not focus group the name enough i know i was talking to mitch about this and mitch said well what would you have wanted them to call it project teddy bear and i'm like no call it project golden eagle call it project macho kick ass don't call it something sinister like project scorpio <laughs> just call it the fucking xbox 2 you know uh you know what a scorpion is right it's a, a horrible venomous creature that is known for stinging people and things because it's in its nature oh so like microsoft yeah, probably. They're just being honest. It's their new <laughs> honest initiative. <laughs> so what you're saying is if we were both riding on the back of a frog, me and Microsoft, Microsoft would sting the frog and go, why? Because it's in my nature. They would do that and then charge you for it. <laughs> and then charge you for the sting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but don't worry. These stings are backwards compatible, though. And if you buy this sting, you can carry it around with you anywhere. <laughs> also on Windows 10. <laughs> sting also on Windows 10. <laughs> there and that concludes the shit on microsoft part of the show we hope you enjoyed it so again we've been talking for almost 40 minutes about this if you couldn't tell there was sweet fuck all in the way of superhero news we mentioned injustice we mentioned spider-man <laughs> ironically norman reedus we mentioned both in the game portion we can mention here too did you know he said he'd be up for playing ghost rider yeah, well, that's because he drives a motorbike in real life it's true it's like i play ghost rider it's like who asked you i don't know some guy <laughs> and this got picked up as news. Well, have you been talking to Marvel? No. Just saying I'd be <laughs> yeah, up no. I just ride around on my motorbike and hope someone sees me. <laughs> I would love, I would love to be a certain level of celebrity where I could just say, I would love to be blank, and then that would make news. <laughs> hey guys. But that's why I don't know like, like more um celebrities do that. Like if I if I was I would fuck with so many people mm -hmm. and be like, I want to play this character and this character and this character, just like Make people go insane and everything on the internet. I know, it would be so funny. Uh, it would be like, hey everybody, I think I should play the Sandman. No, not the Neil Gaiman one, the weird Golden Age one. <laughs> look, look, I own a bunch of gas masks and trench coats. Don't you think I'd be perfect for this? 
I actually have a roofie gun. <laughs> Why do you have that? Don't ask those questions. <laughs> I'm a Hollywood actor. <laughs> oh, I learned under the best. <laughs> oh no. Zippity zoop <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> but you went there. Look, if you can't make fun of Bill Cosby at this point. <laughs> That's true. For being That's a true. horrible garbage person, I don't know who you can make fun of. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's basically all the comic book news we had going on. Do we just want to transition on over into what we read this week? Might as well, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it to it. Uh, here, I'll let you go first, because I still got to pull up what I got. Okay, I had the big one this week. I had Action Comics 957. Yeah, I read that too. Wasn't that fun? It was, it just felt so good. Felt right, didn't it? It felt It did. And it felt like just a continuation of the like the the old 900 number it, mm-hmm. yeah i just don't know what to say about it It was so cool it's the little things it does right that really sells it like for one maggie sawyer is back in metropolis now she's left gotham and yeah. now she's back being a cop in metropolis again yeah i thought it was really cool and you know we've got luther pretending to be superman i like i read a um interview with uh Dan Jurgens and Peter J. Tomasi, because I think he's going to also be writing this Superman Luther as well in later books. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. said like, they said like, what what's the worst thing that Lex Luthor could do to Superman, and that is become Superman, be better than him. Yeah. Yeah, and and like sort of, and he's even wearing New Fifty Two Superman's cape. Oh. So he like stole that from the body and. Oh, hot damn. Yeah, I thought it was really That's, cool. That, that, that could be important, though. you got to get the skin cells off the cape so you can clone them. <laughs> the dandruff on, yeah. the, on the hem of the cape. <laughs> got to get his dandruff there. What I liked about that little uh, like little confrontation they had is Luthor was doing everything right. He stopped the robbery. He was being a hero. He said, don't worry, people of Metropolis. I got your back. Lex Luthor is going to help you out. And Superman, old 52 Superman, kind of overreacted in the whole situation, judging this new world's Luthor by the sins of the past Luthor, and I thought that was really interesting. I I do as well, and I guess it just shows you how this Superman has been affected by what's been going on in his life. It's kind of been topsy-turvy since basically Convergence. And also, too, how this Superman missed all the character growth that Luthor had done. He didn't see him save the day on the Justice League. He didn't see him save the day in the Dark Side War. He didn't see any of his growth. He still assumes he's evil. And man, now that we have, like, the original uh, Doomsday back, wouldn't it be really interesting to see Superman and Lex Luthor have to team up to fight Doomsday? And imagine if they stayed friends at the end of it. That is, that's going to be really weird. But thing thing is with Luther, and I, I know Luther. And I think he's playing the long con. Yeah, that's always this is all thing. part of his plan. Like the whole stuff in Dark Side War, it was all part of his plan to become the Superman and everything. And like as you said, those those guys he uh, arrested or stopped, I think they were hired by him to to also steal the the Doomsday Body because that's what they were a distraction for. Mm. But also to sort of act as, like, his coming out parade, because, you know, right. Luther isn't just going to, like, turn up as Superman. He's going to want a grand entrance he's, he's, he's fucking Lex Luthor. He's going to want the press there. He's not just going to yep. do it just to do it. He wants, you know, people to love him and for him to be a hero. You know, that would be an amazing long game 
if that's where they took it. Like, if they do this whole Doomsday story, and then at the end, Lex Luthor was like, ha ha ha, it was me all along. <laughs> that being said, we still have that Ozzie Mendez guy watching them, or Mr. Oz, although I'm pretty much thinking now that maybe he is Ozzie Mendez, or related to him in some way, because it's too perfect. Yeah, I, I have no idea who this guy is. I guess we'll have to keep reading. I've got to say this he, is... he carries the staff, and I every time I see the staff, I'm like, it's not Star Spangled Kid. It's not, It can't yeah. be. Because <laughs> the staff kind of looks like the staff. He, he, that like weird sort of glowy staff yeah, that Star yeah. Spangled Kid has. Yeah, a little bit. I will say this is the most invested I've been in Superman for a really long time. I think this is going to be an amazing rollout of books between Jurgens and Tomasi. Yeah, well, this week's, like, the, the first Superman issue, I saw some of the previews for it, and there's this amazing splash page in it, and it's, like, Superman flying, and in his cape, you can see, like, old-school Krypton um, exploding, the rocket crashing, he's fighting, like, uh, robots that are from the Fleischer cartoons, Ooh, and nice. it's just all this really cool stuff. So giant cool. monkeys and everything man you you must just be in superman heaven right now it's they're basically just doing everything you would want to see them do i'm so happy but also i'm like on that point where i'm like they could fuck this up so bad it's true there's like one issue they're walking a line they they could make it really bad uh i guess from one rebirth book to another i imagine we both read wonder woman rebirth as well this week i did yes what a what a hell of a story there too. It's a retcon, but it's not really a retcon. It's it's really they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, and I think they work it out in a really interesting way. Yeah, as I said in my review, like over the course of New Fifty Two, Diana had like three or four origins. Yeah, she did. And this is sort of trying to right the ship. And also, um, as I theorized, people in this new rebirth universe are starting to remember their old lives mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how interesting for diana she's like my origin makes no sense it's like i remember the amazons being good and being nice and me being the only child no no wait there was other kids and the amazons were all shit wait what yeah and then she uses her lasso on herself which i don't think i've ever seen her do that in anything use the lasso on herself yeah I, 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 the only time it's ever i've seen ever happened is in superman red sun and she went insane after using it, so yeah. Pretty cool where she's like, no, I don't trust my own mind and I don't trust the truth anymore. You know, hey, Lasso, what's going on? Yeah. Only to find out to be like, hey, things things have changed. Things are different. You know, you, you are being deceived. And funnier still, I like she pulls out her new better costume with the better reds and the better golds, which apparently was just in her closet the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> It's just lying there, you know. It's like, wait, you had a better costume the whole time and you weren't wearing it? <laughs> just like, oh, geez, where'd this come from? I like to Wonder Woman has a cape now. I, I like the cape. I, I did a whole video today, which you can find on my channel, where I break down a bunch of the different costumes. I think the cape is a nice touch on Wonder Woman because it makes her look more regal and more royal than I, she is. I was just about to say, it makes her look a lot more like a princess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nice little touch. I even like the battle skirt, which is obviously, you know, more in line with the new movie, but it looks better on comic Wonder Woman. Oh, it does, yeah. What, Wonder Woman is going to be awesome now. Thanks, Greg Rucka. Yeah. And, you know, I, I imagine, too, some people who only started reading Wonder Woman as of the new 52 don't, don't feel bad. They don't completely discontent, or, you know, they don't completely dis, uh, disregard what, uh, what Azarello and Finch did. But they're kind of saying, you know, but this other stuff happened, too. Yeah. They split the difference in a really good way, I feel. 
Uh, yeah, I think they handled it very well. Yeah, it could it could have been a shit show, but I think they do it right. And they're going to spend the next little bit hashing out her origins. Yep. Which, it's funny, I was having a conversation about this with other people. But poor Wonder Woman has never had, like, a status quo for, like, more than ten years. They're always changing her shit around. She's always in a constant state of flux. Yeah, I have no idea why. It's because I guess everyone has their own take on her. I guess she's such a broad character. Everyone has their own idea about what she should be and how she should be written. Yeah. Batman and Superman never don't really have that problem. Batman and Superman seem to be very much written in stone. Where it's like you know they they are like this. Mm-hmm. But that's also kind of the cool thing about Wonder Woman because you can explore more interesting stuff with her because frankly she can get away with more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like when she breaks Maxwell Lord's neck, it's like yep, yep, she yep she would be the one who would do that. Yeah, she doesn't have that that set of rules she, she's literally just like a warrior princess it's like she's nice and everything but of the trinity when the shit's gotta get done she'll be the one to do it exactly yeah if, she doesn't have that code it's true and if like batman or superman had been the one to do it people would have freaked the fuck out and indeed, oh yeah i would have freaked the fuck out and indeed they did when superman broke a neck in the movie and that's kind of the wonderful place of wonder woman she's like you know what i'm such a hero i'm going to save you batman and superman from yourself from having to make this horrible decision because that's how much I care about you guys. Uh, I, I guess while we're still on the Rebirth train, did you read Aquaman Rebirth? I did, yes. It's a good jumping on point, isn't it? It is. I felt like I didn't need to have read anything else. It you know, told you his origin, told you his sort of mm-hmm. storyline and how people kind of think of him as yeah. a monster or as a joke. or they, There's no set way that people think Mm -hmm. about him and everything catches you up on his conflict you know what makes him what he is catches you up on everything abnett was doing before mainly how he's Mm -hmm. launched the spindrift embassy which is like an atlantean embassy on dry land and how he's trying to you know get the atlanteans to take more of a part in the surface world yep gets that all done gets his relationship with his wife in fact there's even like a little bit of uh theming and echoing the first Jeff Johns issue where he goes back to the same little diner seaside cafe where he yeah. was before. Yeah, I, I really like that. And yeah, he takes Mara there. And What, uh, what yeah. I thought was really fun about that issue is that all throughout it, you get this, uh, you get this internal monologue and you think that it's Mira talking up, uh, talking up Aquaman and how great he is and all the troubles he faces and everything and how he always comes out on top. Only at the end you find out, oh shit, wait, no, that wasn't Mira talking, it was Black Manta talking. <laughs> yeah. It, it oh, Black Manta's back. And Black Manta looks great. I like the fact that yeah. they've just changed his costume now to be like a leather diving suit, and I'm like, good, that's how it always should have looked. <laughs> yeah, it, it sort of makes sense for it to be that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I like, it's this thing where it's like, yes, I'm talking up Aquaman, yes, I have this weird kind of respect for Aquaman, and that's because I'm going to fucking kill Aquaman. <laughs> One of the dumbest choices they ever did with Black Manta was post uh, post Forever Evil, when he's like, oh, I thought I killed Aquaman, and I thought I was at peace, and I was going to kill myself, but then I fought the crime syndicate, and now I want to make more of my life. Yeah, but Aquaman's still alive, though. Your your whole redemption arc falls apart because Aquaman is still alive. <laughs> you, you don't get to welch out of a Shakespearean blood feud like you have with Aquaman with the, oh, well, I guess I thought better now. No, get out there and kill Aquaman. <laughs> y- your character is very, very, uh, what's the word, lightly defined, and that's the really the only thing you have going for you. <laughs> Which, in fact, that's what I like what they've done in the New 52 to really strengthen why Manta hates Aquaman, why Aquaman hates Manta, and why the two will always be at each other's throats. I yeah, like that yeah. Quite a bit. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. I guess the other uh, other rebirth issue this week, I didn't review it, but we can talk about it. Flash, did you read Flash? I did. I re- read it and reviewed it. It's another really easy jumping on point, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the one that um connects to DC Universe Rebirth the most. Oh god, yes. And apparently from what I understand when we check in with Wally next, which is in the Titans DC Rebirth, which I think is coming out this week, that apparently also ties in huge. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to have to probably stick with those books at least until everything is established. Mhm. What's crazy about that issue, the Flash one, is that it actually sets up the status quo in a meaningful way by saying that only Barry, only Wally, and only Batman know about all the shit that's going on with the Watchmen. Yeah, so far. So far, and they're like, look, let's not report to the Justice League until we have something to report, because let's face it, if we tell them that the universe is secretly being controlled by a big blue man with a floppy dong, they're going to think we're insane. Yeah, and they're still trying to figure out what exactly, like, that coin was. Yep. They think, oh, maybe Joker planted it there. Mm-hmm, yeah, or, the, yeah. yeah. We know it's the comedian's badge, but they don't know that. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting for we, the reader, to actually know more than the characters in the story for a change. Yeah. Jeez, we're smarter than Batman now. Think about that. <laughs> I think that's the title of the episode right there, Matt. Smarter than Batman. <laughs> who's smarter than batman we the reader that's who <laughs> yeah flash was cool i'm definitely gonna keep up with flash i don't know if i'm gonna be able to like review it on a weekly basis i'm really gonna have to decide what books i'm gonna keep and which yeah. books i'm gonna drop in the next little bit because god damn it dc rebirth everything's been really good so far yeah that's what i i've sort of said to myself all right i'm gonna read all the first maybe first and second issues yeah, and then from there decide I mean, I mean, obviously some shit can't possibly be good, like Red Hood and the Outlaws, but beyond that, so far, everything's been pretty tight and pretty interesting. What if it's, like, amazing? <laughs> what if Scott Libdell saved the good writing for now? He's like, oh, yeah, I was just faking it those last couple of years. <laughs> the, the last four to five years, I've just been faking to lull you into a false sense of security. <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> but yeah, all the Rebirth books that came out this week were actually really, really strong. And I guess from there we can move on over to the Civil War titles. Which Civil War titles, if any, did you read this week, Matt? I read both. Awesome. So we can talk about both of them. Uh, Civil War Spider-Man was quite interesting because, you know, you expect being a Civil War time, there's going to be a lot of fighting. But there wasn't. This was mostly about Spider-Man trying to mentor Ulysses, this new Inhuman kid. Yeah, he, he got he was on babysitting duty that night. Yeah, really. They're um, just, just kind of passing this kid around to everyone in the hero community. Well, he's too dangerous to leave alone. <laughs> yeah, it's your weekend, Spider-Man. It's your, it's your night, Spidey, to babysit Ulysses. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool how Pete comes at him being like, you know, guy, um, I totally know what you're going through right now. I used to be the young, hip kid with superpowers, and I didn't know yep. what was going on. And yeah, I can relate to you. And they kind of form a bromance quite quickly, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, they do. They become bros overnight, and I thought that was a nice touch. I wonder this series, as like you know, the actual Civil War takes off and more fighting starts, if that's going to affect the book. But right now, all the Civil War tie-ins have been like very, very downplayed and very mellow. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to the the next one involving Hercules because I, I don't think that one was very downplayed. Part well, we we got to see the action bit with them fighting the Celestial. But, I mean, beyond that, I mean, this the the one you're talking about, Gods of War, it's straight up just a continuation of the Hercules book. 
Uh, it's Hercules issue eight. It is, which is good, and I'm happy. I'm glad Hercules gets to continue, even if he does so in a stealth fashion. Yeah, and he's like, I, I just like it. He's like, oh, fuck the Avengers. I'm gonna go set up my own Gods of War team again. Yeah, really. Is what I'm gonna do. Hey, what's what, what's what's Gilgamesh and all those other guys doing? What's what's Rama and all those other gods up to? <laughs> I'll call them on my cell phone. <laughs> As someone pointed out to me, there was a real American gods thing going on with this story. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there kind of was. Yep. Now, it's funny. I dropped off Hercules when I was sad to hear that it was getting canceled. But now you just know I got to go back and catch up on everything I missed. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's the best book no one is reading. Yep. It's the best, most underrated. I'm so glad that they snuck this back in, that Marvel Editorial felt there was something strong enough in this where they're like, no, the story of Hercules and his battle against these new gods must continue. Uh-huh, yep. How how funny are the new gods? They're like gods of social media and plastic surgery. In the, Yeah, like this new one, the, um, the main guy, I keep forgetting his name. It's like a really weird name. Like Catastrophius um, or something. Yeah, he's like, he, he tells Hercules to stop being butthurt. Yep, yep. And again, the god of social media looks just like Max Landis right down to the rainbow hair. Yep. <laughs> I wonder how Max Landis feels about that when he looks at that, like, woohoo, I'm the god of social media. <laughs> yeah, he, he would enjoy that and probably make a video about it. Yeah, really. Or if he looks at it and goes, oh, wow, this god of social media is really horrible. Yeah, it's a wake-up call for him. He's a horrible monster. Next, he's going to start calling Hercules a Mary Sue. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? Well, if it stops him from calling Ray a Mary Sue, then yeah. <laughs> to which I guess Hercules would be like, no, in this world, I'm literally not a Mary Sue. I fuck up all the time. <laughs> in fact, this whole story is me trying to fuck up less. <laughs> uh, what else did you have going on, Matt? Because I only had a couple uh, more. I had a light week. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I had uh, Justice uh, Earth Two Society oh, issue yes. thirteen. That's coming to an end. I don't know though. I don't know if it is because they just started a new story. They haven't slated any more books. <laughs> when it's There's done, one it's... after this. There's one after this. So they I got one more to finish it off. And I, I don't know. Uh, this seems like a big arc. So, uh, so this arc features the Ultra Humanite. Ooh, nice. Is he a giant monkey or is he a mad scientist? He's a giant monkey. Sweet. And uh, this also featured Wonder Woman's invisible plane. Oh, nice. What's what's the origin of the invisible plane in this? Is it just an invisible plane, or did they think of something new for it? It's stealth cloaking. Ah, um, fair enough. Uh, from, I think, Apocalypse. Oh, right on. Uh, because Fury uses it, and she's come to, like, the... The big cities, I think she comes to, like, Neotropolis or something to meet with the society and talk about sort of joining them and becoming part of their society and everything. and She's got yeah, it's it before pretty... it's too late, before the world ends again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And also, Ultra Humanite is using child slaves as sort of terrorists. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, and they all have superpowers as well. Oh, that's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't get a banana Ultra Humanite for that. <laughs> Uh, I read Daredevil this week. This was actually a fun story. They did two, like, really serious Electra stories back-to-back, and then they followed it up with this weird kind of one-shot. I didn't like it in first until I saw what they were doing, then I loved it. Basically, uh, Matt Murdock goes to the Sin City of China. He goes to, like, Uh a crooked triad-owned casino in the heart of China, and he uses his powers to cheat into a poker tournament to try and, you know, beat their champion and get some information that they're hiding in the casino. Uh Uh-huh. And the champion working for the casino, we find out, is psychic. 
And that's how okay. he keeps winning, because he can look through your eyes and see your cards, only he can't do that with Daredevil, because Daredevil is blind. <laughs> and so they have this whole thing where they're having a psychic fight at the table whilst they play cards. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool, and the whole thing is very Casino Royale. I, I dug the hell out of that issue. It was super clever. That's cool. It's a fun one-shot, too. If you're not reading Daredevil, but that story sounds interesting to you, pick up the newest Daredevil. You'll probably like it. Cool. Uh, what else did you have happening, Matt? Uh, I had Darth Vader issue 21, I oh, think it was. Yes. Yeah, 21. Oh, uh, yes. Really cool. Got a really good Wild West vibe oh. in this issue. I like it uh, when since... they get Wild West in my Star Wars. Yeah, Vader sends uh, the two droids, the two killer droids in their army after Aphra, who's hiding out on this like Wild West type world. She's hiding in a bar that has those doors. <laughs> she, and... She's hiding out in a Firefly is what she's hiding out in. Yeah, in, in a saloon. Um, With tinkly she gets into a, pianos. A massive gunfight, and it's like the, the, the OK Corral. They're hiding behind the bar while all these droids shoot at them. And, Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then Vader goes after... Uh, that cyborg guy who was making cyborgs for Palpatine. Freaking cyborgman. Goes to hunt him. He's He's got really weird ships. His ships are like space whales. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I'll lightning round through my last two because there were really not much to talk about. Thunderbolts 2. Oh, man, is this series getting disappointing now. So glad I didn't read it. Oh, man, I wanted to love this so bad. I love the idea of Bucky leading a team of villains. I like Kobik as this impressionable god job, but this issue this issue was just slow and meandering and not very good. And then the Inhumans show up, but not the main Inhumans. The, it's Crystal and her team of Inhumans. They show up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, gee, so they didn't even get the A team of Inhumans. They got the B squad of Inhumans. <laughs> Jeez. And I want to like the book even more because my friend Jim Zub writes it and I meet Jim Zub at like every con I go to and he actually teaches one of my best friends from high school art down in Toronto. So I want to uh, try and be an advocate for his work. But I'm like, the book's not good though. Ma- yeah. Mainly the art is what kills it. The fact that they're trying to actually emulate shitty 90s art is not good. <laughs> That's a poor, poor choice. And then the other one I had was all new X-Men number 10. Apocalypse War still going on, even though the goddamn movie has come and gone. Oh, God. Oh, my God, I don't give a shit about Apocalypse. I'm so sick of hearing about Apocalypse and seeing Apocalypse. I don't want any more Apocalypse. But he had a movie out. Apparently so. And, you know, and this one, uh, like the all-new X-Men story, was probably the one I came the closest to actually enjoying of any of them. Because, you know, it's Evan, it's Kid Apocalypse, the clone traveling back in time to ancient Egypt where he meets a, a young N. Sabanur and you find out that N. Sabanur was actually not a bad guy as a kid. In fact, he wanted to run away from his father and the Sandstormers and start a new life and everything, but you know that's not going to happen anyway, so what the fuck's the point? <laughs> it's just this protracted thing, and Beast is in the book, but Beast doesn't talk. This like weird mystic guy gets to talk so he can drop a bunch of references to Rama, Tut, and Kang the Conqueror, and all this other shit that ultimately won't matter, but it's like, hey, isn't that cool that we're connecting the dots? <laughs> it's a lot of flash, no substance. I was not a fan of it. Man, man, Apocalypse War was just, is just killing my interest in all the X-Men books, honestly. <laughs> so it's doing its job. And I was so on board with like this new run of X-Men books when they all started. The only two that have been consistently good has been Old Man Logan and All-New Wolverine. 
<laughs> Those are the only two consistently good ones. And even that makes me feel dirty by being like, oh, yeah, X-Men sucks, but Wolverine is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I usually fight that sort of person, but now I've become that person. <laughs> <laughs> nah, guys, Wolverine's where it's at, though. Both Wolverines are where it's at. <laughs> uh, so did you have anything to close out on there, Matt? Ah, uh, yeah, the last book I had was Poe Dameron, issue three. God, I haven't even had a chance to read Poe Dameron yet. I've been so freaking busy. Is it still cool? Is it still awesome? It, does he still do the thing? It's still cool. He still does the thing, and he does it really weirdly in this because the giant egg in this, like, cult that he was going to define that uh, that guy at the start of episode seven that he was with, Lord Santeca. yes. Um, the egg hatches, and it's like this massive dragon creature thing that they were praying to and then that fights like a dark version of itself and dies and it's just really weird and this is all going on while poe is captured by the um that new bad guy that agent uh blanking on his name tarisk or something agent agent mcbad guy yes yeah he's a really cool bad guy i really like him yeah, he sounds and cool. the good thing is that he doesn't actually die in this issue so he's gonna oh. like stay around and I guess be like a sort of recurring arch, yeah, an arch nemesis of Poe. I'll get you next time, Poe Dameron. It's even funny because he does have a mustache. He's like a mustache twirling villain. <laughs> Speaking of mustache twirling bad guys, I didn't read it, but I flipped through it. That wacky race land, that dark and gritty updating oh, yeah. of the wacky races. Oh yeah, how was that? The designs are awesome. I don't care for the story, but it's a great comic to look at. Cool. It's an amazing... Cool. Dude, Snidely Whiplash is like... He's gone full-on Johnny Depp. He's got, like, white guy cornrows that are different colors and everything. He's got, like, his shirt open and everything. And, and like, a dirty trench coat. I'm like, God, wow, I, I feel bad for the young woman out there who is going to have her sexual awakening to Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> and, like, all the other characters that are in there. There's Penelope Pitstop, who actually... She, she was a great design even back in the old show. And now she's become like this pink latex wearing racer woman. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cooler than it should be. And like, like all the classic names are still in there. Like again, like Stanley Whiplash, Penelope Pitt stuff. The Ant Hill mob now just drive around in an old timey, like, you know, roadster. And they're like robot mobsters, like Samurai Jack would fight. And they have Tommy oh, wow. guns. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this is cooler than it should be. <laughs> Why is this cool? And then I read the book, and I'm like, okay, it's not that cool, but it looks awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Wacky Raceland is a great set of posters, if not a good comic. <laughs> Just don't read the words, but buy the book, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, did we... Did it come out this week? Did Detective Comics come out this week? Oh, shit, yeah, it did, too. Yeah, we both read that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Let's talk about Detective Comics. I yeah. thought it was great. I thought it was cool, too. Batman putting together a Bat Family team. Putting a Bat Family team, putting Batwoman in charge, finally giving her something to do after she's kind of languished in continuity for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I didn't know her and Bruce were cousins. It's because they never bring it up. They are, but they yeah. never bring it up is the thing. I, the like, when it was in this issue, I thought that that was like a reveal in this issue. And like, when I read it, I'm like, holy shit, I did not know that. And I thought that was something that was like never established. It's rarely stated, but yeah, because, you know, Mar before she was Martha Wayne, Martha was Martha Kane. Oh, okay. Cool. It's funny. I know in some continuities, Martha Wayne was actually Martha Arkham. And I liked that idea that Ooh. Batman had, like, some crazy blood in him, which actually makes a lot of sense. 
yeah, it makes it why he he has that like psyche of Batman and everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, relating him to the Canes and you know Uncle Phil Kane and everything, that's cool as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And also the stuff with Clayface this issue was really great. Clayface looks amazing in this issue. Yeah, and I like that they he they're not playing him as a villain and really anymore. That he's just like he just broke out because his film was playing and he just wanted to see it and remember who he was and Back everything. Back when I was handsome, yeah. There's a lot of Batman villains who they could make super like uh, sympathetic, and it's interesting that when they spun the dial, they landed on Clayface. Like, okay, it's your turn to be sympathetic now. Yeah. Also, the Batman in this seems really like different like he smiles and yeah he, he he's cool laid back batman isn't he yeah yeah he smiles he gives compliments he felt bad for asriel because asriel got the shit beat out of him in the beginning <laughs> yeah he's like oh no asriel you poor religious fanatic what happened to you here let me feed you soup and pat your head and make you feel better <laughs> actually i'm glad they've kept up with asriel from uh from batman and robin Eternal. i guess because tynan wrote that book too so he wanted to be like yep he's alive and he's in gotham he's out of commission yeah. but he's back yeah now what did you think a bunch of people were kicking around the idea that because batman seems to be fighting some sort of military invasion by a weird group of like militants with bat theming themselves some people are like "Ooh, is this an incontinuity arkham knight Maybe I'm thinking maybe it's an incontinuity hush. Ooh, that'd be well. We've already like seen Tom, hush. Thomas Elliot, um, like a the real Thomas Elliot, maybe. Well, well, we kind of already had him in Batman and Robin Eternal, and they didn't change his origin that much. Oh, okay. They just made it happen way quicker. Is the thing. Ah. Uh. <laughs> that's that's the only real deal. That I really hope it's not the Arkham Knight. I hope it's not like some redone Arkham Knight. I don't think the Arkham Knight is very cool. Yeah, it, he's just, it's just Red Hood in another costume. That's that's all it is, and it's worse because Jeff Johns and the uh, company that were making that, they lied about it. I know. They're like, nope, nope, we're totally original character. We've never seen him before. Yep, yep. It's, well, but is it Jason Todd? No, 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 no. But, oh, yeah, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. But, but it is, though. You lied. You lied right to us when we figured it out. Your your twist wasn't nearly as smart as you thought it was, and so you lied. What if they like go like we're just gonna play with this whole rebirth thing, and this guy is like the comedian? Oh fuck, that would be some shit. Because then it ties in with Batman finding the coin, and that would be some crazy shit. Well, they seek to imply that it might have been Batwoman's dad, or that Batwoman's dad might have a yeah. might have a hand in. Because it's like, oh, military drones. You're a military guy. You say Batwoman should be leading men, and yet here comes a group of militants with bat theming. Yeah. It could be. Well, uh, it could be. Or another thing, it could be Spiral or something related to them because, yeah. you know, Dick's kind of left them. And I think Spiral fell. No, actually, no, Spiral didn't fall apart. Tiger no. made Spiral now. Yeah. Which I don't think Spiral will be a bad Oh, maybe it's Checkmate or something. That'd be fun. See Checkmate fucking with Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, ha ha ha, it's me, Maxwell Lord. It was me. Oh, wow. Maxwell Lord coming back would be pretty good. Oh, he's already back. He was back in Spiral. Yeah, no, but like actually coming back and being a oh, a being good like a, villain, a and... proper Batman villain, not just like a background player in Grayson. Yeah. Well, you know, it would make sense because he was only fucking around with Dick Grayson and Spiral because he wanted their files on all the hero's secret identities. So yeah, yeah. let's let's put that theory down there right now that it could be him, that it could be Maxwell Lord. Yeah. The the one thing I'm kind of upset though, why didn't Batman recruit Midnighter? 
Oh, I know, right? I know. Well, b- because Midnighter doesn't live in Gotham, and also Midnighter's just a better version of me. <laughs> he has the same outfit. He's super tough, but he has a computer in his brain. It's, no, you know what it was? It wasn't about getting heroes who were already established. Midnighter is already established and already knows what he's doing. This is about training the next generation of young heroes. Yeah. And and Tim Drake, who is technically already established and should already <laughs> and, know. And, and Clayface. And Clay, you know what it is? Batman's like, look, Tim, I read the books you were in and they all fucking suck, so you need to go back to training. <laughs> Teen Titans was terrible and oh my god, you were Batman Beyond in the future. No, no, you're, you're getting busted back down to developmental. Also, I'm taking away your stupid wings. Put on your old costume. <laughs> Only it's not even really his old costume. It's close no. to like Dick's old costume. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but Bat Dad, this is Dick's old costume. Shut up, not Dick. <laughs> From now on you're not Dick until you get until you get a right name. <laughs> I I love this idea of Batman as just this insane abusive father. <laughs> just yelling at people and making them eat rats. Basically just being the Frank Miller Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh so on that note, everyone, I think we're almost done with this episode. I think we are. Uh, do we want to take a quick look at what people can be reading today? Because this will be coming out on Wednesday. Or, yeah. or right away if you're a patron, or late night Tuesday if you head on over to the uh, to the Podbean account. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so today you could be reading Batman number one. That's yeah. coming out. You could be reading The Dark Knight Returns Last Crusade. Fuck me, that one shot's actually still coming out. Yeah, and, and no one will re- watch read it i i'll be amazed to see who actually gives a shit about what what a fumbled ball dc really with your dark knight returns three we're already in rebirth and dark knight returns isn't even done yet <laughs> and probably won't be done for a bit uh ooh, 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 we got green arrow number one yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. gonna be good <laughs> green lantern's number two which you know i'm actually excited to read a green lantern book yeah because it's such a fresh start point yeah I want to see what's happening with Jesse and uh, Baz, and I want to see if they get along. You yeah, got your, it's going to be pretty cool. You got your Injustice, Gods Among Us, Year 5, number 12. No, that's that's the collecting thing. I'm on, like, issue 25. Oh, of course, you're way beyond. Uh, New Suicide Squad, number 21. Oh, yeah, I guess that's coming to an end, too. I had to drop the most wanted just because I couldn't find space for it. I don't know if this <laughs> one will make the cut, considering they're just going to start it over again anyway, and what happens in this story probably won't matter. Yeah. Got your Superman number one. Come get your Superman, Matt. Oh, so excited for that. Matt's excited to get his Superman. And I'm excited, too, because we got Titans Rebirth number one. And you know what? Matt's probably going to read this, too. And you Mm -hmm. all should, because it looks like it's going to be, A, a good jumping on point, and, B, it's going to continue the through line of DC Rebirth. Yep. It's going to be real cool. So lots of reasons to pick that book up. Uh, over on the Marvel side, you got your All New Inhumans number 8, your Amazing Spider-Man number 14, your Astonishing Ant-Man number 9. Again, another great Nick Spencer book. I swear Astonishing Ant-Man has not had a bad issue yet, even I know, even if it's not on people's top number 1 list. We got uh-huh. Civil War number 2. Ooh, you know they're teasing that uh, Bruce Banner Hulk might be coming back in Civil War 2. Yeah, that's what what happened to him? What was his deal? Okay, so at the end of like the first arc of the totally awesome Hulk, we find out that he had absorbed too much dangerous radiation. There was like a meltdown in Africa and Bruce Banner threw himself in front of it. How how he got back from Doctor Green, they never fucking told us. Because yeah. they didn't care and that's a real that's a real pisser to me, honestly. 
Uh, he absorbed too much of the radiation. He was going to die. He was going to go nuclear. Tony Stark and Black Panther came in and tried to help him as super scientists. Uh, Amadeus Cho caught wind of it and said, you know what? You know, how about you guys actually try talking to him for a change? You know, I'm, I'm going to go out there as his friend and see if I can reason with him. And he did. And instead of blowing up, basically Banner gave him the Hulk, kind of. Okay. And and in Amadeus Cho's mind when he's fantasizing about being a cool awesome hero guy, like the Hulk, like the Bruce Banner Hulk is in the back of his mind. Like uh, actually there like, like all the anger and all the rage and like essentially all the bad parts of the Hulk are in Amadeus Cho. <laughs> Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, I, I don't read Totally Awesome Hulk for a reason now. <laughs> Which is such a shame, because that book seemed like it had it had so many places to go, but it didn't. Uh, Deadpool number 14. Uh, what do we got here? Dum -dum. Uh, Squadron Supreme, you still been reading that? I have. It's been really cool. Nice. You got your Han Solo number one. Oh, awesome. Got more Uncanny Inhumans, Uncanny X-Men number eight. Ooh, vote Loki number one. What? Yeah, vote. Yeah, Loki's getting a new series out of nowhere. It's called Vote Loki. It's going to be a political satire starring Loki. Jeez. Yeah, perfect timing, too. Look, yeah. sure, look, sure, he might be an evil, untrustworthy Norse god, but I feel like he's looking out for me. He's a political outsider, this Loki, you gotta understand. <laughs> he doesn't play by anyone else's rules, and his hands aren't tiny at all. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's the sort of book it's gonna be. <laughs> and I'm excited for... I liked that last Loki book, uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard. I actually championed that one when no one else really was. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame it sort of fizzled out what was Secret Wars. They kind of rushed the ending. They basically, they, they had an Evangelion ending is what they had. Oh, no. It was li it was literally, like, it was so on point. They're in a white room and everything to where it's like, oh, my God, you, you're, you're actually referencing an Evangelion ending. But you thought it was good, though. <laughs> Loki basically says, I'm all the Loki I can be. <laughs> And then it just ends, and then Jason Aaron picks it up, and he's like, that's stupid. I'm going to write Loki the way I want to write Loki. <laughs> Screw you, Al Ewing. You, you go write your ultimates. You tell really interesting cosmic stories that may or may not be important. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write my damn I don't even know who's writing Vote Loki, but I know it ain't Aaron, and I know it ain't Ewing, so we're probably going to get a whole nother take on Loki. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there's the show, everyone. Our super late show. That, uh, that uh, I'm happy we could get out to you and everything. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, and favorite. Follow Matt and myself on Twitter. In fact, uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter because I'm not the DVD Grouch anymore. I'm finally Cape Joel. <laughs> Did you know you could change that? But I didn't know you could just change your Twitter handle. Like, I assumed it was like a YouTube channel that once you had it, you're stuck with it forever. No, no I, that's how I made mine. I, I... Why I was did... able to do that. I thought like maybe someone else had your name and like then they gave it up or something. I don't know how it works. Why didn't you tell me sooner, Matt? Why did I only find out? Too I late. don't know. It's even better. I was on stream when someone told me you could do that and they walked me through it. And people were laughing at me from all over the world where it's like, wow, achievement unlocked for Joel. He just figured this shit out. Well, that's what you get. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't. why did no one tell me it was this easy? <laughs> and here's the ironic thing ever since I changed it from the DVD Gratch to Cape Joel I've had like 17 new followers in like the last couple days 
Nice. Yeah, so people people are finding me. Uh, also, too, if you want to support Matt and I in making great shows like this, as always, check out our Patreon. We're at about $88 right now. Let's see if we can make it to 100 You get all sorts of good perks when you become a patron. You get uh, videos and reviews and stuff before they, uh, before they release. You basically get them as they're done. You get this podcast first before anybody else. Uh, I've been doing Game of Thrones vlogs. How good has Game of Thrones been, Matt? I watched the last episode of it this morning, and it was pretty damn good. It was pretty damn good, man. I mean, they're they're going into some weird, interesting directions now that they're working without the book, but so far I'm on board with it. There's a great chase scene through the market where I'm like, no, no, they're not doing that, are they? Yeah, that that, that stuff with um uh, the Hound was awesome as well. Oh, dude, him and his axe. I'm like, dude, just keep carrying that axe around with you forever. Just be the woodsman from now on. <laughs> He's medieval Punisher. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> A million times, yes. God, I love that actor. He's. Great. Did you know that actor who plays the Hound played the uh, slow trolley boy in Hot Fuzz? Yeah, yeah. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Because he's such a great actor in Game of Thrones, and yet in Hot Fuzz, he's just yarp, narp. <laughs> and he beats up Simon Pegg, and it's great. So uh, before we continue to ramble, everyone, again, thanks for watching the episode. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. See ya.